begin today the Gemara on Daf Kufay Yomid Beis, about 12 or 13 lines up from the bottom of the Yomid, where it says, Oma Rav Sheshis. Oma Rav Sheshis, a koifer A person that denies that he has a pekodin, a deposit that someone gave him, says, I don't have it. And then later on, he comes and he swears falsely about this. But over here, the Gemara is talking about even actually before he swears any, falsely about this. He's just koifer that he has it. And then Adam come along and say, we know that you have this Bekadon in your possession. Nase Olav Gazlin, or in the Kufay Yamad Beis. yeah. Nase Olav Gazlin, just by the fact that the person denied this, so he now he has the same halacha as a Gazlin. Even though he didn't uh, swear falsely, and, uh, but right away he has the halacha of a Gazlin, and therefore v'chayv b'ainsen. He's chayv right away in any oinus that happens to this. Even if he was a shaymechinam up until this point, and a shaymechinam is only chayvim pshia if he was negligent. But the moment he denied that he has it, now he becomes a gazlin by denying it. And therefore his obligation or his responsibility is like a gazlin, which is chayv and einsen. The tan of the following b'raise is a raya to what Rav said. Because the b'raise says, <laughs> the Pasik says, and he denied. He denied this pekotin that he has. Lomadnu Ainish says the Braisa, from here we learn a punishment that he's now going to be liable because he was he, he denied it. Then the Braisa goes on to say, Azharaminayan. The Pasik there, when it says the Kikhishba goes on to say what he's responsible for, that he has to pay careful and so on. But then the Braisa says, Where do I see the warning for this? Whenever the Torah gives a punishment, it also says a, a warning for this. Tamad Loima, the Pasik there says, Loyu should not deny something that you have from your friend in your possession. So that's the Lashon of the Braises. Says the Gemara, my love, don't you think it's saying what Rav Shesha said? What, when it says Einish, a punishment that you're liable, what are you liable for? You're liable now, you're responsible for this money, even for an Einish, like a Gazlan, as soon as you denied it. Says the Gemara, not necessarily is this a riot to what Rav Shesha said. Maybe this Braises means to say, not only the person denied it, but he also swore falsely about it. Then, then he's going to be, have an Einish, then he's going to be responsible. But just denying it itself, maybe he, then he does not become a Gazlan. Says the Gemara, but let's see what it says in the end of this Braises. What does it say in the end of this Braises? The Bacchus says, the Ishtaba. There, the safe of the Bryce is talking about where he denied it and he swore falsely about it. <laughs> this I understand that in the Reisha of the Bryce here, when it talks about this person that's denying this, he did not swear falsely. What does it say in the safe? The Diktani safe, and the safe it says, Shaker, he swore falsely about this, and on that the Bryce also says, I know the Pasikir says the Einish of a person that swears falsely about something he has in his possession, then Azhara Minayan. From where do I know? Where does the title warn that he shouldn't do this? Talmud Lama Lisa Shakra. Lisa Shakra is referring to a person that's swearing falsely. Says the Gemara, Umid Seife, the Ishtaba. The Seife of that Braisa speaks about a person that swore falsely. Reisha de Ishtaba. Must be that the Reisha of this Braisa is a person that did not swear falsely. Because if yes, it's the same thing. What's the difference between the Reisha and the Seife? Omri, so the Gemara answers, no, it's still not necessarily a riot of Sheshes. Idividi de Ishtaba. Both the Reisha and the Seifa of the Braise is where the person denied and swore falsely about this Pekodin that's in his possession. The difference though is, Khan Shehoida, and the Seifa of the Braise, after he swore falsely, he came back and admitted this himself. And there, once you admit it yourself, then you have to pay the Keren and a Chaymish and a Karmashom. Khan Shebo Edim. Over here, Edim came and said that he, he lied, he swore falsely. The one explains also Adam. If only Adam came, he did not admit it himself. Then Chayiv Bainsen, he's going to be Chayiv as a Gazlin in any Einis that happens to this.
but no chaymish and no asham. If after he swore falsely, he himself admits to this, then chayv b'kerem v'chaymish v'asham. That's what the Torah says, v'hisvada. If he admits to it, then you pay the kerem v'chaymish and asham. But the point is, you still don't have any source from this b'raisa to what Avshesha said, that if you had a pekodin of someone in your possession, as soon as you kaifer, you become a gazlin. That, that Allah you don't see in this b'raisa. The Gemara now has an, a question on what Avshesha said from a, from another, uh, I think this is a Mishnah. Huh? You need a faucet for that or something? That what? He becomes a gazlin? Not, 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 not necessarily. Not necessarily. He, didn't, he didn't do an action of mamish stealing it be a daim. He was just kaifer. He gets the halacha like a gazlin. Uh, this is Rav Sheshesh's Chiddush. The Gemara here is going to ask now from another uh, Mishnah on this. Masav Rami Bachame. Rami Bachame asks from what it says in the Mishnah in Shavuos. V'shekenegdoi choshod ala If the one that's fighting you, so he's suspected that he would swear falsely. So he can't swear. Which means like this. Usually when a person swears, the, who's the one, in, when you have it in Taira, a Tayin and a Nitin, who's the one that swears? The one that wants to patter himself. He's the one that makes a shvua. Let's say a moide b'miktas, or if there's an eidecha, there's various cases in the Torah that you swear. The one that wants to patter himself to be exempt, he's the one that swears to keep his money. The other one that's trying to take out money from you, he can't swear and take out money with this. But chachamim though instituted, what happens if this person that usually would have to swear can't, because we know he's suspected of swearing falsely. Then chachamim said, you will have the power and the right to swear and be mitzi and take out money from him. That's what's called Kenegda Chashar al the one that's fighting you, he's suspected of saying Shvuas Shav, Shvuas Shekes, and now you can swear and take out money. Now, what are the examples for this? Ketzad, who do we suspect of swearing falsely? Whether this person swore falsely regarding testimony that he knew, or he swore falsely regarding a Pekadin that he has in his possession. He says that he doesn't have it, and then he swears falsely about it. Or even any other Shavuaz Shav where a person swears falsely just about anything. He swears about whatever it may be, a lie. These are all cases that we see now that this person is suspected to swear falsely. Says the Gemara Isa, if what Rav Shesha said is true, that as soon as a person, a Shemer, has a Pekadin, denies it, he gets a status of a Gazlin, if so, as soon as he gets a status of a Gazlin, so then just by that itself he should be puzzled. A gazlan is possible for Eidos. A gazlan should be possible to swear as well. Why does this Mishnah there say, when do we say that he's, that he's chosher, that he's suspected of saying a, a, a false shvua, if he denied a pekadin that he has in his possession? And the, the Mishnah there said, he swore falsely about it. But why only if he swore falsely about it? Why not just the fact that he denied it? Right then, he's already has a status of a gazlan. Amri, so they said to answer this question of Sheshis. <laughs> Hocha, what is that Mishnah, what is this Mishnah talking about? The Koi Bagam. The thing that he swore falsely about, he doesn't have Mamish right now in his house, in his possession, in his courtyard. It's somewhere out further away in a field, on a swamp somewhere. The Lav Kfiruhu. We don't consider this to be a Kfirah where he's Mamish, a Gazlan, where he's denying something that he has right here in his possession. And rather, the Savar, the reason why he's denying it, I can say, is because he thinks to himself, let me just avoid paying this and giving it back right now, because I don't have it with me right now. Until, until I'll go and bring it. In such a case, where he doesn't mamish have it in his possession and he denies it, he's not called a Gazlan. He's just trying to avoid paying it right now. But in a case where he does have it in his house, in his possession, and he still denies it, then just the denial itself is he's, he becomes pasul edus pasul for shvua and he's a gazan right away, mm. and the gemara proves this distinction. Teida, I'll prove it to you. Domer Avidi Barav. 
Again, it's, I don't know, it's a good question, okay? But if he doesn't have it right now in his possession, so when he denies it, it's not the same thing. So David Baravin, you see, from what he said, he made this distinction. He said, a person that denies a loan that he borrowed, he's still kashaledis. Why is that? Because what's a loan made for? A loan, you get the money to spend. So when he's denying it, it's because he doesn't have the money to pay back. So he's denying it because he wants to just delay paying it back. And when he's going to have his money available, he'll admit. But if you deny a pekadon that you have in your possession, you're guarding it, and you have it in your possession right now, and you're still denying it, postulatus. For this, you are going to be postulatus. So here you see this distinction between something that you're denying and you have in your possession or you don't. So by the pekadon, it's specifically talking about a pekadon that you have in your possession. You become right away postulatus. And then we could say what Avshesha said, that you become a gazlan right away. Another question on what Rav Shesha said, Ilfa. Ilfa taught. When a person swears falsely, then he acquires this to be swore falsely about. What does this mean? The Gemara understands what this means is if a person has a pakadin in his possession and he denies it and he swears falsely about the fact that he has it, then he acquires it. What does it mean that he acquires it? He acquires it to be chayv in any oinus, that now it's going to be his total responsibility no matter what happens to it. So the Gemara says, if that's what Ilfa meant, so then what does this mean? Shvu'eh, he If he swore falsely about it, he acquires it then as a gazlin to be responsible for an oinus. Just by denying that he has it in his possession, he will not acquire it to be chayv in an oinus. So this is a, again contradicts what Rav Shesha said. So the Gemara answers for this as well. Same answer we said before. Reason Ilfa said, only if he swore falsely about it, then he's going to be responsible, is because he doesn't have it mamish in his possession. It's out in the swamp. When he just denied it, he was denying it because he figured, uh, let me just delay paying, giving it back until I get it. So then I say, only if he swears falsely, person doesn't swear falsely, it's time because he wants to delay giving it back. That, then when he swears falsely, then he's going to become responsible. Or the Gemara says a totally different shot. And what Ilfa meant to say when he said that the Shvua is Kaina, my Shvua Kaina, Kedravhuna Amarav. What Ilfa was really saying is what Ravhuna said in the name of Rav. Ravhuna Amarav. Ravhuna said in the name of Rav. A person comes and says to his friend, You have a mana that you owe me. And this person responds, No, I don't have it. And the Nishba. And he swears about this. He swears falsely about this mana, this pakot that he says you have in your hands. And then, and then witnesses come and prove that he lied, that he swore falsely. Potter. He's going to be potter to give this back after he swore about it. Shanema, because the Pasik says, that if this person swears, the beginning of the Pasik there says, he swore about this. Once he swore about this to the owner, and the owner sort of took that shvua, he accepted the fact that this person swore for him, then after that, even if it's found that he swore falsely, still, he's not going to have to pay. As the Gemara says, once the owner received this shvua from this person, he doesn't have to pay the money anymore. Hmm. This is a very, very big chiddush here, right? Once you swear, you don't have to pay. The Gemara is going to discuss it now, and it's going to qualify exactly in what case this applies. It doesn't always apply, but let, for right now, when you see what it says here, it's simply saying, when a person swears falsely about a pekadim that he had in his possession, once the owner accepted this shvua, even if later it turns out that it was a lie, you don't have to pay. And that's what Ilfa meant to say. Once you swore falsely, then you acquire it, you can keep it, even if it turns out that you have it, and you lied about this, you can still, you can keep it.
That's what Elfo was talking about, but it's not related to what Avshesha said. It's talking about a pekadon. Hmm. Talking here about a pekadon, where that's what the pasuk is talking. The Gemara actually is going to discuss that itself as well. Whether we're talking here about a halva or about a pekadon, we'll see. Here, the Gemara now will discuss this halacha itself, all the details of it. And many, the Gemara is going to ask a few different, many different questions on this. Gufa, let's see this halacha itself here that Avonu said. Omar Avonu Amarav Mano Libiyotcha. Person tells his friend, "You owe me a money." Amen. This person responds, You don't have anything in my possession. And he swears falsely about this. And then Ubao Adim, Adim come along and say he does. Potter, he still doesn't have to pay. Soon as the Bailam accepted the Shvuah, even if Adim came later, he still doesn't have to pay the money. So now, the Gemara says, When did he say this? Like you just asked before, Halva or Pekotin? So Rav says, It would be logical to accept what Rav said, By a loan. Because since a loan is something that's made to spend, you get to, you, you borrow money to use it, to spend it, you don't have the money in your possession. So over there, in that case, you could say, that After he, he denied it, and he swore falsely about it, so he doesn't have to pay it up. Now the money is yours. But what's a pekadin? A pekadin is, it's a deposit that you're keeping it in a safe place for the owner. Wherever it is, it's always in the owner's possession. It belongs to him. It's not, it's not your item. It's not money that you got that was, that was already spent. And now you just owe him. You have to pay him back money. It's the actual pekadin itself that belongs to the owner. And therefore, even after you deny it, and l'chayre, the Pasuk says that the owner already accepted a shvuah, doesn't matter. If you found that you have it, you have to give that back belongs to the owner. That's what Rava said. This would be logical to make this distinction. But he said, This is a Lashon of a Shvua, that he's saying, I know for a fact, I can swear, he says, that when Rav said this halacha, Rav, Rav said his halacha even regarding a Pekadon. Why? Because the Chiksiv Kra, the Pasuk that he's quoting to, to, as a source for his halacha, the, the, the Pasuk of Velokach Baila Velo Yishalem, what is that Pasuk talking about? The Pekadon Ksiv. That Pasuk is talking about a Pekadon. Even though you have someone else's Pekadon in your possession, once the owner accepted a Shvua from you, now you're not going to have to pay it back to him even after he brings Adam that you have it. Okay, so the Gemara now here brings questions on this. Yosef Rav Nachman Rav Nachman was sitting and he was saying, So Rav Barminyomi asked him, it says, This is actually here later in the... In the, in the, here in the Pedic here, so it's a person says to his friend, Heichon Pigdaini, where, where is my uh, Pekodin? Amalei, and he answers him, Ovad, it got lost. <coughs> so he says, Mashbiyachani, that is, swear to me that you don't have it, and it got lost. Va'omar, Amen. And he responded to this that he said, you should swear for me, he says, Amen, yes. So the Lashon of Amen in itself means that he just accepted the Shvur and he swore for this. Adam come along and say that he has it, he has this pekotin, he actually he ate it up himself. Mishalamisakeren, he has to pay the keren, he has to pay the principal over here of what he ate up. In this case, though, he does not pay kafel for this because what was his uh, taina? His taina was that it got lost. His taina wasn't that it got stolen. If his taina was that it got uh, stolen, then, then he would pay kafel. We'll see soon the Gemara will say. But uh, if if he taina is that it got lost, then he doesn't pay uh, kafel. <laughs> so he pays the keren then the Baisa goes on another case if after he swore falsely about this he himself admits this then then he swore falsely he admits it you pay the keren for this so what do you see over here 
This person swore falsely about this pecotin that he had in his possession, and it says clearly over here that he has to pay it. Not like what uh, Rav said, that once you swear falsely and then Adam come, you don't have to pay. The Gemara's question is specifically from the Reisha, because uh, we'll see soon, the Gemara is actually going to discuss this, but uh, the halacha of Rav, the Gemara is eventually going to say, applies only regarding a case where Adam came and contradicted the shvua that you made, this false shvua that you made, not if you admitted it yourself. The Gemara will soon discuss that. So Amalei Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman answers this, in this case, when it says that, that after Aiden came, he does have to pay, he didn't swear inside a Bezden. He swore outside Bezden. In that Pasik that Rav quoted, where it says that after you swear, you don't pay, it says, over there it says, he swore in Bezden. If he swore outside of Bezden, and then he was found to be sworn falsely by Aiden, then Rav agrees that he'll have to pay. And that's what this Bryce uh, here is talking about. So he asked on him, how could you say that this Bryce is talking about Arabezn? Afterwards, what does it say here? He says, similar case. He asks him, where's my Pekotin? And he answers him, Nignav. Here he says, it got stolen. So he's, again, he says, Mashbiachani. Swear for me that it got stolen. And he accepts the Shvu, he says, Amen. And then, Aidan come and say that it got stolen. So here, because he denied this, he said that it got stolen. So then, when it turns out, Adam come and say that he has it, he thought he ate it, so then, he has to pay for this, not just Karen, he has to pay Kefal as well. If he admits himself, again, the Allah is, when you admit yourself after you swore falsely, In such a case, there's a Karen, Chaymish, and Asham. Now the question is, how can you say that this case here is talking about Arabezn? If this is all out of Bezden, me when a person admits or, or when a person swears falsely, that is. Outside Bezdin, is there a payment of Kefal? The halacha of paying Kefal only applies when it's in Bezdin. The passage that I said mentioned before, Adl Kim Yavid Vashneim, that's where it says the payment of Kefal as well. And it's only if you swore falsely in Bezdin. Something that we learned already about earlier in Perik Merubah. So you can't say that this Braisa is speaking about outside of Bezdin. Yeah, so the Gemara says, Omalei, Sarav Nachman answered, Yechilne l'shenuyalach. Really, if you want, I can answer you. Reisha, chutz l'bezdin. In the Reisha, it's speaking about that he swore outside Bezdin. And that answers the, the question on Rav. And the Seife, Bezdin. And the Seife of this Braisa says, speaking about that it was in Bezdin, and therefore he pays Kefal. It's two different cases. <clears throat> However, says the Gemara, Mihu, de loy I don't want to give you this kind of an answer, which is a squeeze, it's a dechik, the deresha, and the seifa, two different cases. So therefore, rather, he says, I'll tell you a different answer. The Reisha and the Seifa are both talking about that it's in Bezdin. And still there's not a contradiction. Because even in Bezdin, it depends how this person swore. And the Reisha is talking about this person jumped ahead and swore even before the Bezdin obligated him or administered the Shavuot to him. He jumped even before the Bezdin asked him to, and he swore about this. That's the Reisha. So therefore, in such a case, Rav would agree that if later he found he's found to swore falsely, he has to pay. Because it's not the Bezdin that made him swear, he swore on his own. Then he would have to pay. And then Khan, in the Sefer, what is it talking about? Mishaloi Kofatz. When the person is in the Bezdin, and the Bezdin made him swear. He didn't jump on his own to swear. And in such a case, because Bezdin made him swear, he even pays Kefal. The halacha of Kefal is only when the Bezdin makes you swear. That's the difference between the Reisha and the Sefer. So this could still fit with Rav's opinion. Okay. This is uh, what Rav Nachman is saying to explain how it's not a contradiction to Rav. Now, Rami Bachom says to Rav Nachman, 
I know that you don't even agree Bechlal, to this Chiddush of Rav, that once a person swears falsely in the Bezdin, that then, even if Adam came, he won't have to pay. I know that you don't hold, hold of this. So therefore, Mashkuni Why are you uh, making, giving your soul as a collateral? Meaning, why are you working so hard to defend Rav's opinion? If you anyways disagree with this. So Rav Nachman answers, True, I don't agree to this. But but I still want to explain what how Rav's opinion would fit with this brayse uh, here. and this is how Rav is going to answer this mishnah. Okay, but now the Gemara explains why if Rav Nachman disagrees with Rav, but Rav Rav learns it out from the pasuk that we quoted before. That the pasuk there says that once the owner takes and accepts from you a shvua, then you don't pay. So how would Rav Nachman learn that Pasik? Omri, they answered, that Pasik is teaching something totally different. According to Rav Nachman, that Pasik is teaching for any case in Teireh, where you have to swear, the Teireh obligates you to swear only to defend yourself that someone will not be able to take money out of your possession. But you never swear in Teireh, that is, you never swear to then uh, take money out of someone else's possession. That's what this Pasuk is coming to say. That if you, ta- you, you take a Shavua only for the purpose that he shouldn't pay. <clears throat> that, who does? So that's what this Pasuk is coming to say. Yeah, which means, the one that in the Dintayri, he's the one that uh, the Bezin is trying to make him pay. He's the one that swears to stop him from paying. So it's a different drash. So therefore we have no source for what Rav said. The Gemara goes back now. The Gemara brings another shaila on what Rav said. Masav Rav Amnuna, Rav Amnuna asked, it says in the Mishnah, If a person swore five different times regarding something that uh, he stole from someone, and he denied it, and five times he swore falsely. Whether this happened all five times in front of a Bezdin, whether not in front of a Bezdin, and he, then he, den, he denied it. He's going to be chayef for each one of these times that he swore falsely and he denied it. That's what the Tanakam here says. Rav Shimon explains why is this matam, why is he chayef every time? Because this person over here, each time that he swore falsely, if he comes and admits it, then it'll be chayef to pay. So if he's chayef to pay, and then he swears falsely again, and he's chayef to pay, and he swears falsely again. So every time that he swears falsely, he's actually denying money that he would be chayef to pay otherwise. Okay, this is what it says here in this, uh, it's a Mishnah or a Braise here lately. Okay, so that, that's, that's another, what's the question over here? What do you see over here? After this person swears falsely, what do we say? If he would admit it, he would be chayef to pay. And therefore, if he swears falsely again, not just stam, I mean, practically for this case, this is not talking about in the very same vesna. The person didn't come and swear falsely and admit it and come back and swear falsely again and admit it in the same vesna. But the same vesna is not going to allow the same person to swear falsely again and again. He is one vesna, then this happens again in another vesna, and a third vesna, and five different vesnas. Right, so, huh? Same case. Yeah, it's the same case, but it's not, it's not all happening Sorry. in the same vesna. <laughs> Okay, but the point over here is we see that even after he swears falsely, 
he would be chayef to pay. Now, the Gemara first clarifies the answers that we tried to give before to defend Rav don't apply here. Over here, you can't say that the case is the person swore on his own without the Bezdin because Ishpia Olaf Katani. The Lashon over there is Befeish, it said in that Mishnah that the Bezdin is the one that made him swear. And also, you can't say that it's happened only outside of the Bezdin. And then Rav would agree, as we said before, that he pays afterwards. Because the, 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 the Mishnah there clearly spells out whether it's in front of Bezdin, whether it's not in front of Bezdin. So you see here, clearly, a person swears in Bezdin. And the Bezdin is the one that made him swear. And if he would come and be made afterwards, then he would have to pay. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, so uh, Rav asked this question and he himself gave the answer and explained katani. You have to take the words of what the Mishnah says, whether it was inside Bezin, whether it was outside Bezin and each, these are two different cases that have to be explained differently. And this is how you have to understand it. If he swore about this outside of the Bezdin, that's one case. Could have happened outside of the Bezdin. Or Ube Bezdin, or it could have happened inside of the Bezdin, but then Kafatz. If it happened inside of the Bezdin, it's only if he swore on his own. He jumped to swear and Bezdin didn't make him swear. And like we already said before, in those cases, Rav agrees that if he's found then liable, that he does pay. That was the way Rav Amnuna explained what Rav said. Now the point that comes out of here like this. I mentioned before that the, the halacha that Rav said, when a person swears falsely and then he's found that he has it, and that he doesn't have to pay, it's not necessarily in every single case. Over here, from what Rav Hamnuna said, and the way he asks this question from this Bryce, and the way he answers it, you see that Rav Hamnuna held that this applies in every case, including here in a case where the person admits himself. That's what it seems like. He admits it himself, and still, according to Rav, you don't have to pay. Okay, so Rav, though, here will prove, and here we'll see, Rav is going to come and explain that this whole halacha that Rav said, that after you swore falsely, you don't pay anymore afterwards, it's, it's limited to a specific case. In many, in most cases, Rav would agree that that's not true. And that's what Rav is going to come to prove here now. And this is what he's asking on Rav Amnuna. Mosev Rav, so Rav asks, Balabayis, Shaton, Tainas, Ganev. Balabayis, this, this, this Balabayis here that it actually says in this Mishnah is referring to the Shaymer. The Shaymer, he's a Shaymer Chinam. He's keeping something for someone. And he comes and, are, and claims that it got stolen from him. Regarding a Pekodin that he had in his possession. And then he swears falsely and he admits to this later. And Adam uh, came also. Now, if he admitted before the Adam came, so then, because he admitted, Allah always says, when you admit yourself to this Geneva, so you pay Karen Chaymishanashim, like we had before. Now, if first Adam came, and only he admitted only after that, then Mishalem Tashlumi Kefal Vashom. Then you pay Kefal and an Ashom, but there's no not not the Chaymish. Okay, that that's the halacha that it says here in this Mishnah. Now the question is, over here, this is not a Mishnah that's talking about like the answers that we tried to give before outside Bezdin, or he jumped to swear on his own because Kefal Katani. It says it mentions there in that Mishnah the case of Kefal. Kefal, you're only Chayev in Bezdin when Bezdin makes you swear. So we know that it's all in Bezin. And still it says, when the person admits, he's chayiv to pay. Well, according to Rav, the way Rav Amnuna understood Rav, Rav Nuna understood Rav in a very broad sense, that any time a person swears falsely, the owner accepted a shvua, you won't have to pay, even if the person himself admitted, regarding a gneva, doesn't matter, you don't have to pay. How could that be? But over here, this is the classic case over here regarding a pekodin. Here we're talking about the case of a pekodin. person swore falsely that it got stolen, and he's made it, and he does pay. 
So therefore here, Rav comes and explains what Rav, what Rav said is only in a specific case. Rav said, explained as follows. Call any time a person admits to swearing falsely, if he had a pekodin, and now he swore falsely, it doesn't matter if he swore falsely saying that it got lost from him, or it got stolen from him. Regarding these cases, Rav never said that you wouldn't be chayef to pay after you admit. Because the haksiv, his vada, this is where the, the Posse clearly says, after the person confesses, the shlumi, keren, the chaymish, that, that's what the Posse says, this whole halacha, that after you confess, you have to pay the keren and then the chaymish and the carbon as well. Now, similar, when a person claimed he was holding up a cotton and he claimed that it got stolen from him, and Adam came along and said that he swore falsely, in such a case, Rav would also not say that this person is potter. Because the Haksev, it's regarding this case that the Titus says, just like if you steal something, Similar, if you have a pekodin and you claim that it got stolen, you're like a ganif. In such a case, you have to pay kefal. In this case, Rav also didn't say his chiddish that after you gave a shvua to the owner, so to speak, that you don't have to pay. That's not what Rav was talking about. So therefore, Rav was talking about one specific case. Ki ka'ama Rav the Bachad's in here. When did Rav say this? Kagoyin shatayin tainas ovat. You had a pekodin in your possession, and your claim was that it got stolen. And the nishba, and you swore falsely about this, and the you never admitted it. And then Ubo Adam, and then Adam came and found that you have it. Then it's in such a case that Rav said that once the owner accepted a shvua for you for this, that it got lost, and now even if Adam came, you're not going to have to pay. That's the only case that Rav, this is where Rav said his chiddish, but not the other cases. So now the Gemara says, now so basically, Rave is arguing on what Rav Amnuna said. Rav Amnuna, the way the Gemara understood before, Rav Amnuna understood that what Rav said applies even to a case where the person's maida himself. Rave says, no, when you maida, obviously then you have to pay. That's because that's they have clear psukim for that. So now, also Rav Gamda, Rav Gamda went, Vamra, Lashmaita, Kameid, Ravashi, he repeated over this halacha that Rav said in front of Ravashi. That Rav argued with the understanding of what Rav meant. Rav Amnuna understood it broadly. Rav understood it very, very limited. Omalei, so Rav Gamda said, how could Rav argue with the understanding what Rav said? Hashte, Omar Rav Amnune, Talmide de Rav. Rav Amnune, he was the student of Rav. The Yoda, and he knew the Omar Rav, that Rav, when he said that you would be potter after you swore, that's even hoide. That's even when the person admits himself, you'll still be potter. And therefore, as it's seen before, the Kamasiv hoide. He asked from a Mishnah that we quoted before, when a person swore five times, uh, he was asking from a case where the person was made himself. And you're coming and repeating me in the name of Rav, that Rav, in a case where the person was made himself, that Rav's halacha does not apply. Who should we trust more? Rav Amnona or Rav? Rav Amnona was the student of Rav. He knows what Rav said. Again, this goes together. And you're telling me that in a case where the person was made, I should listen to Rav, that Rav did not say it in this case? So Ravache Sabe spoke up and he tells Ravashi that really Rav Amnuna agrees to Rava. Rava before brought very clear psukim. It has to be that Rav is made in all these cases when the person is made and so on because you have clear psukim that the person will be chayef to pay. I we brought before the question of Rav Amnuna. And it seemed like Rav Amnuna was asking from a case where the person was made himself. 
So the Gemara says, no, we misunderstood what Ramnuna was asking. Ramnuna hachikashile. The question of Ramnuna was as follows. Again, what was that case he was asking from? He was asking from a case where a person swore five times falsely. So the, the, the Mishnah there said that every time he's going to have to pay separately for each time. The way the Gemara understood it until now is, the reason he has to pay each time is because each time he's actually denying something that he would be chayiv to pay. And how would he become chayiv to pay? Because if he would have been Maida himself, he would have been chayiv to pay. And it's from that that he was asking on Rav. So the Gemara thought that that means that Rav Amnuna holds that according to Rav, even when you're Maida, you would be potter to pay. But now the Gemara says, no, Rav Amnuna was not asking because if he would be Maida, you would be chayim. That's irrelevant. His idah is not the point here. The point is that if Aden would come, he would be chayim. And that was the question on Rav. And the Gemara explains as follows. What Rav Amnuna's question was, if you're going to say, Nishba, when this person swore falsely five times, Ki also Aden and if for each time that he swore falsely, Aden would come and prove that he swore falsely, he would be chayim now to pay. So, Am Talachim, Karben so therefore, for each next shvur that he makes, he's chayev to pay and chayev to bring a carbon. Why? Since this is a case that the person could have been maida, and he could have been maida, and this is regarding money that he would be chayev for. Why would he be chayev for this? Because if Aden came, he would be chayev for this. But if you're going to say like Rav said, after a person swears falsely, then Adam come and, and say that he swore falsely, so then Potter, he would be Potter. Is there a case, could you say, that if Adam would come and say Adam is against this person, he would anyways be Potter. And if he, if he now swears falsely about this, he would be Chayev for it. And he would be Chayev to bring a carbon for this. And you would say, you know why he should be chayiv? If he would have admitted it himself, he would have been chayiv. But But right now though, he himself was not maida. He swore falsely once, a second time, a third time. He swore falsely five times. He was never made anything. So each one of these times that he swore falsely, he wasn't swearing falsely about any money. He was just swearing falsely again and again. The only way to explain why he has to pay separately for each time that he swore falsely is if you're going to say that if Adam come, then he would be chayiv. And then, then we could consider each time that he swore falsely is swearing falsely about something that he would have been chayiv if Adam came. That was the question of Rav Hamdunah. So the point over here, the Gemara's concluding is, this whole halacha that Rav said, that once you swear falsely and the owner accepted that shvur from you, you'll be potted to pay. Even Rav Hamdunah agrees to Rav, that that's only said in a specific case. In the case of where a person swore falsely regarding a claim that he made that this pecadon was lost. But not in a case where he admitted himself. Not in a case where he swore falsely about that it got stolen. In those cases, there are clear psukim that you do have to pay. Yomar now starts a new Indian. Omer Abchir Barabe, Omer Abyechenen. Abchir Barabe said in the name of Abyechenen. We learned this already earlier in the Masechta as well. Hatoyen Tainis Ganav Bipikodon. Person that claimed regarding a pecadon that he has in his possession that it got stolen, Mishalom Tashlumi Kefal. If it's now discovered that he has it, so he pays Kefal like a gun of himself. And not only that, Tavachomachad, if he went and slaughtered it or sold it, Mishalom Tashlumi Abavachamisha. So the halacha of paying four or five times as much, which relates usually to a ganev, applies in this case as well when he had a pecadon and he claimed that it got stolen. And the Gemara explain, he explains why do we compare this? 
so because we compare this to a ganav, just like we see the ganav mishalm tashlumi kefil. By a ganav, he pays kefil. And the toy in Tainas Ganev, Mishalm Tashlumi Kefal. And it says clearly in the Psukim, we learned this before on Perik Merubet, the Gemara learned out from the Psukim, that by a person that had a Pekodin and he claimed that it got stolen, he also pays Kefal. So therefore, if they both pay Kefal, we compare the two. Ma Ganev Shem Mishalm Tashlumi Kefal, just like by a Ganev that pays Kefal. Tovachamacha Mishalm Tashlumi Abavachamisha. If he slaughtered it or sold it, he pays four or five times. Avtain Tainas Ganev, the Pekodin, the same thing also. By the person that claimed that it got stolen for Pekodin, since he has to pay kefal, so too, if he slaughters it or sells it, he's going to have to pay four or five times as much. So even though it doesn't ever say clearly in the Torah regarding this case that a tovachomacha pays dalad vehe, but we compare it to the ganav. But the Gemara says, not necessarily could you compare this case to the Ganev, why? Ma'ala Ganev, by the Ganev, when he pays Dalet Vehei, Shekei Mishalom Dashlumi Kefal Shalei B'Shvua. He pays the Kefal even without a Shvua. So we see that the Torah is more stringent about this. A Ganev just has to pay right away Kefal. Toyim HaBetoyim Tain is Ganev. On the other hand, the person that claims that a Pekodin got stolen from him, Shei Mishalom Dashlumi Kefal Lele B'Shvua. He only has to pay Kefal, not if he denies this, but also if he swore falsely about this. So there's a certain leniency here. So it's not the same as a Ganev. How could you compare to a Ganev regarding learning out from a Ganev that you pay Dawud Vehei? So Amri, they answer to explain what Rabbi Yechenen was saying, Hekei We compare in the Pasuk, you see that the Torah puts the Ganev and the person that has a Pekodin and claims that it got stolen from him, the Pasuk puts them together in the same Pasuk. And And therefore we don't uh, refute a Hekish with these kind of a logical reasoning because if the Torah compares them, then we know that they're the same. Rashi brings over here. We had this Psukim, it was earlier in Perik Meruba, that is. It says in the Pasukim, Yimotzi Aganev. Then it says, Imlo Yimotzi Aganev. The Gemara there dashed, and according to one opinion, that one Pasuk is talking about the Ganev, and the other one is talking about the person that claims that it got stolen. So the Pasuk puts both together. So it's a Hekish. Huh? Hekish is a ju- juxtaposition. That's the English word for it. Okay, When you have two Psukim that are near each other, and we compare them. So the Gemara now asks, this is not, not everybody agrees to this, we learned this before. This is true if both of these psukim that I just mentioned, that one is talking about the Ganev, and one is talking about the one that claims that it got stolen. So then, yeah, we compare them. Shap, that's a good answer. But there's another pain that says, These two psukim that say near each other, both of them are talking about the person that has a pekodin and is claiming that it got stolen from him. This, we don't have in this Pasuk the din of a Ganev at all. So, from where do you see to compare a person that claims Ganev to a Ganev that he pays the Alt So, Omri, they answered, Ganev, Ha Ganev. Here, when it says, that hey is extra, that hey is coming to say that this person that claims that it got stolen is like the Ganev, even regarding the Salacha of Daud Vehei. That was the Chiddush of Rabbi Yechenen. On this, the Gemara asks, Eisvei Rabchia Bar Abba Rabbi Yechenen. So Rabchia Bar Abba asks Rabbi Yechenen, there's a Braise that says, Heichon Shoiri, we quoted this before, right? Heichon Shoiri, where is my ox? So he answers, Nignav, got stolen. Mash biyachani. So he says, I'm, so swear to me that it got stolen. Va'oma Omeh. And he says, Omeh, which means he accepts, he makes a shvua about it. And then what happens? Adam come along and testify about this person here that swore falsely because he himself ate up this, uh, he, he ate this animal for himself. 
So mashlo mishalim tashlum kefal. This person pays kefal. That's what it says there in this Mishnah. So now it says the Gemara, wait a minute, what happened over here? This person ate, ate up this pecan. Well, if he ate it, then doesn't mean he shechted it. If Adam are testifying that he ate it, you can't eat the meat unless you slaughtered it first. So that means that after he claimed that it got stolen and he denied it, now he slaughtered it. And Ketani, it says in that Mishnah, that he only pays Kefal. He pays Kefal, but he doesn't pay four or five times as much because he slaughtered it. According to Rabbi Yechenen, after you slaughtered it, you should be chayef to pay. So here, the Gemara is going to go through a bunch of different answers, answers that you can answer to this to explain why a person would only pay kefal and not pay for the slaughtering, even though he slaughtered it, and the halach of Dalat Vehei should and does apply here. Says the Gemara, is no, no question from here. What is the case over here? This person never shechted it. He did one Aveda, he stole, he's stealing it, and now he ate it as an Aveda. He never shechted it, Bechlal. The halach of paying Dal is only if there's a proper shechita, kosher shechita. Hmm. That was the answer that was given to this. Now the Gemara is going to, is going to say, huh? Why But this here, we learned before in Perik Merube, the halacha of paying Dal is only when you slaughter it in a kosher reifen. If you slaughter that, your proper shechita, that's where the title says you pay Dal Otherwise, you don't pay. Now, here, as I said, the Gemara is going to go through different options of what it could be that the person did that he would not be chayav dal dvehei. Says the Gemara, Vilishani lay. Why can't he answer another answer? Kagan treifa. That he ate it, it was a kosher shchita, but it was a treifa. We learned before in Perik Merube that if this is a shchita which is not roy to eat, even though the actual shchita itself was kosher, but if the animal is treifa, then you don't pay dal dvehei either. This is actually Rab Shimon's opinion. So according to him, you can answer that it was a treifa here. Says the Gemara, Kerab we're following here Rab Meir's opinion. The Amar Rab Meir said, Shechite she'ein re'uya, shmo shechite. As long as the shechite itself was kosher, but even if the animal itself is not raw to eat because it was found to be a treifa, that's still a shechite that you would be chayef to pay dal vehe for this. So that's why we didn't give that answer. The Gemara asks, asks a different question. Or said the Gemara actually is offering a different option to answer this question. Why over here you don't pay dal vehe? Velashani lay, why couldn't he answer? Beben fakua. An animal which is a ben pakua. What's a ben pakua? An animal that was found in the mother's womb after the shechita. This animal, according to Rab Shimon as well, he holds that later on, this animal you can eat without any shechita. Even much later on, the animal's five years old, you can take it and eat this animal without any shechita because it was in the mother's womb when the mother was shechted. So the Gemara could have said that that's the case of here. There was no shechita done here because you can eat it without shechita. Says the Gemara Kerab Meir. No, again, we're following Rab Meir's opinion. He argues on this point as well. The Amar Rab Meir holds Ben Pekua Ton Shechita. An animal that was in the mother's womb at the time of Shechita does need its own Shechita. So that's not an answer. The Gemara asks a different question. But Vilashani Lay, you could have answered over here regarding this case. Why you don't pay Dal Vehei? You only pay Kefal. Kagai Sha'amad Bedin. The case here is that there was already a Din Taita here. And this person denied this uh, shirt that he has in his possession. And Bezner already paskin. They found that he was lying about this. And the Bezner already told him, say, tenloy, go out and pay what you denied. <laughs> and in such a case, if after already Bezner paskin this, he went out and slaughtered it, he's not going to be high to pay for this. Why? The Omar of it, of it said, say, tenloy, once the person was already told by the Bezner, the that he has to pay it. And after that, he went and slaughtered or sold this animal. He's going to be part of this. Why? My time, what's the difference? Keeping the paskel and mil say, once Bezdin paskins this, and he still went and slaughtered it, now 
His status changes. He's not a Ganav anymore. Have a Gazlan. He becomes a Gazlan. This whole Allah of Peng Dalad Vehei is only regarding a Ganav that comes in a way not openly by force. Over here, once Bezdin already Paskin and you have to pay and you're still keeping it for yourself, you have a status of a Gazlan. The Gazlan loy Mishal to Shlomi Abba By a Gazlan, you don't pay four or five times as much. Okay, so now, here, this, this is just a side point. The Gemara just clarifies this halacha that Rav said, if the Bezin said, Chayiv atalitin loy, the Bezin paskin that he's obligated to pay, but the Bezin didn't yet tell him, say, go out and pay, Tavach omachar, and then he slaughtered herself, is it Chayiv? It's still going to be Chayiv. My time, why? As long as Bezin didn't mamish go and say, say ten loy, go and give it, Akati Ganev, he still has the status of a Ganev. Anyways, the Gemara's question over here is, here you have another example of an answer that we could have given of why you don't pay Dawud Vehei. Omri, so the Gemara says, you're right, according to your reasoning, I'll give you another answer that we could have said, why you don't pay Dawud Vehei. Lishani it could have answered, B'shutif Shetovach Shaloi Midas Chaveira. We had earlier in Perik Meruba, when you have partners in crime that stole together, and then one of the partners went and slaughtered it without the knowledge of his partner. So then you don't pay Dalad Vehei because Allah paying Dalad Vehei is only when you pay full Dalad Vehei, not half a Dalad Vehei. So maybe this Mishnah we quoted before would be talking about such a case. The point of here is the Gemara concludes and says that you have many answers that you can give. True, we have all these answers you could have given, but we gave one answer. So this is a, an answer for not, not to be a question on Rabbi Yechenem. Okay. <coughs>